We're in the book of Ephesians. Go ahead, Bowie, and turn on the lights. I know I, we all like it. It seems cooler in the dark. But I, there you go. I like to see. I like to see you. <laughs> well, we're in Ephesians, how to live an effective Christian life. Because God wants us to be effective. Amen. And for the second time in this book, it brings us to unity. And so that's my title, my message, Walk in Unity. And like I said, it's the second time I was looking through the book and I'm like, wow, he talked about unity twice in this book already. You know, so here we go. We're going to talk about unity out of Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. So if you'll stand with me and we'll read the word this morning. Beginning at verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. And Father of all, who's above all and through all and in you all. Father, we give you praise and thanksgiving that you are in us all. Lord, all that have surrendered to you and made you their Lord and Savior, you are in us. It's not just with us, you are in us. And your word declares you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And Father, as we talk about walking out our Christianity, God... I pray that you give us the revelation in our hearts of what that means. That, Lord, that we would not keep you a secret. Lord, we would allow you to shine through us. And, Lord, I pray that every one of us would be encouraged today from being in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. You know, he starts off with... This real strong statement. I beseech you, I beg you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. He's asking us, I please, please walk in what you've been taught. Walk in the things that I've shared with you. Walk it out in your life. Don't let it just be words on a screen, but let it fill you overflowing so that you can walk it out every day amen so that when you when they see you jake they go uh, here comes that christian again here comes that jesus freak again oh my gosh what are we gonna do you know and, and then you corner them <laughs> i caught you you know, I mean, because, you know, we, we might not say that out loud, but that's how people think sometimes. They think, oh, my gosh, there he is. There she is. Oh, man, she's going to talk about Jesus again. Oh, I don't want to go to their house again. All they're going to talk about is Jesus. I'd love to talk about Jesus. Amen. So I, he says, I beseech you, walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. And this is chat verse one of chapter four so walk worthy of the calling and, and he has told us in chapters one two and three the calling he's told us what it is go to the next slide please so i'm just gonna walk and talk for a little bit today so if you're on that camera you might want to follow me uh -huh. 
So we're blessed. We are blessed with every, everybody say every, spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. You don't have a spiritual want when you're in Christ. Oh, you're thinking on that one, aren't you? <laughs> he says you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. In Christ, every spiritual blessing, everything you have need of, he's blessed you with spiritually. You have it. You, you have the words to say, is he? You have, it's in you. you. He's blessed you with it. He's given you that blessing that you, you don't have to, well, what would I say if somebody asked me about Jesus? Just open your mouth and start talking. He's blessed you with it. It's in you, Victor. It's in you. It's, it's just God. He'll, he'll draw it out of you if you let him. He'll just, he'll just pull it right out if you let him. And, and he, then get this, he chose you. Before the foundation of the world, he chose you. See, when he says he chose you before the foundation of the world, I believe that scripturally, he just believed everybody was gonna serve him. From when he created earth and he created mankind, he figured, wow, they're just gonna love me. They're gonna serve me. It's gonna be great. But the first two failed. If it wasn't them, Robert, it might, probably would have been me. You can't blame Adam and Eve. Somebody would have messed it up somewhere. But he chose us. See, God's not surprised that you're here today because you're chosen. And you say, well, what about everybody else? Well, they're chosen too. They just haven't chose to follow yet. Everybody say yet. Because yes. we got family members that we're praying for, right? And we're believing for the yet to come. But he had a plan since the foundation of the world. If you look in Genesis chapter three, verse 15, it's the first prophetic word about Jesus. I don't have that in my notes or anywhere. So let me... I can't quote it because three, three fifteen. Well, that's two, three. He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Her seed, Mary's seed, Jesus. Shall, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That's the pr first prophetic word in the Bible about Jesus' coming. Genesis 3.15. Study it, read it out on your own time, but get it in you that God had a plan because he chose us before the foundation of the world. He has a plan. Everybody say, he's got a plan. And because of that plan, we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Everybody say holy. holy. You should be holy. Amen. You're holy. Whatever's hindering your holiness, cut it out. Amen. Because he wants you to be holy. He, he expects you to be holy. He expects you to walk in holiness. It's not a game. 
This is, this is eternity we're talking about. He expects holiness in you. And so you gotta rise up to be holy before him. Listen, in love, in love. And then he predestined us to, a, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. You're, you're predestined and, and everybody's destined for Jesus. But like I said, not everybody's gonna say yes. Not everybody chooses Christ. Not everybody wants to walk with Jesus. A lot of people wanna have their own way. A lot of people wanna do their own thing and that's all now. But he is calling everybody. He has predestined us by sending Jesus Christ to pay the price for the masses, for all of us to be saved. And because he's done that, he's given us the opportunity to be adopted into the family of God that we are now, we're not, you're, you're not just Maria, you are, you are Jesus' daughter. Jesus' daughter, Maria. Amen? You're Jesus' daughter, Dolores. You're his daughter. You're his, da you're his son, Jake. You're his son. That, Put you on a whole different level, JR. <laughs> Sonship. You're predestined for adoption as sons. Isn't that incredible? Next slide. I got a lot of these, just so you know. Because he told us so much in the first three books. He said he's redeemed us through his blood. You've been redeemed through the blood of Jesus. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. That means you were, you were one way. You know, we were dead in our trespasses to sin. You know, we were on our way to hell with the, you know, eternity with the devil. But when we come to Jesus, he redeems our life from the pit of hell that we're now sons of God. He redeemed us. He redeemed all of our mistakes. How many of you made mistakes? He redeems them. He redeems them so that we're not bound to our mistakes, amen? I'm bound to Jesus. I'm bound to Jesus. I'm free. So I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. I could sing a song. I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Remember the other one you sing when you were a kid? I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Filled with the Holy Ghost I am. I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Amen. <laughs> and then look at this, Lee is doing. We have the forgiveness of sins Amen. according to his riches of his grace. According to his grace, not, not what we think, but according to what he thinks, according to what he's done, according to his grace, we have that forgiveness of sins. And uh, man, when I think of his forgiveness, when I think of what he does, see, cause like I said, I can say, I forgive you, Matthew, but I might, I'll remember what Matthew did to me. We don't just let it go. Jesus is like, I forgive you, Matthew. And he doesn't remember anymore. It's wiped clean. It's wiped away. It's, think about it. He doesn't remember. It's under the blood of Jesus. He's not gonna hold it. He can't hold it to you because you've, you've been redeemed. You're forgiven. And then he's, he's made his mystery, made known to us the mystery of his will. His will. Remember the mystery? I told you about a few weeks ago, the mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's the mystery? <gasps> Nobody raised their hand. 
Maybe I'm not doing it good enough. Maybe you don't. <laughs> Anybody? What's the mystery? Salvation is for everyone. Hallelujah. It's that simple. It wasn't a trick question. It's for everyone to be saved. It's for the Jews. It's for the Gentiles. That was the mystery. They were trying to hold it back. And Paul says, hey, Christ has chosen me to reveal the mystery that the gospel of the kingdom is for the Gentiles also. It's for the non-Jewish people that we can not only come and be saved, but we can receive all the promises that we can get all those spiritual blessings, that we can have the forgiveness of sin. That's the mystery. You got it now? You got it? I'm going to ask you next week. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. And then he's, we, look at your neighbor and say, we, we have obtained an inheritance. We have an inheritance. We have an inheritance in Jesus, amen. The, the ultimate inheritance is heaven. We, we're going to go to heaven one day, amen. That's the promise of the word. We're going to go to heaven. That's our inheritance. We've inherited all the promises that he gave Abraham. We've inherited all the promises that he said. We have those promises. When he said, by his stripes, you are healed. We've inherited that. That's part of the package. Healing. And then he said, in, in him, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, we trust it. We need to trust in Jesus. You know, I know things happen in this life and it can be difficult. Things happen that we don't understand that can be difficult, but it should never keep us from trusting Jesus. We should always Trust in the Lord. Always put our faith, our heart to be centered on the truth that he loves you. He died for you. He was resurrected from the dead for you. That's the truth. And when you walk in that truth and you trust it, it's life-changing. When you really trust in it, Things will happen in this life and you'll be like, oh, well, let's just keep going. You'll just trust him. Next slide. Told you I had a lot. This is all out of first three chapters. You can go back and read it and see it. I just copied scripture. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. When you got filled with the Holy Spirit, it sealed you with the Lord. Amen. You are sealed with the Lord. And then, then that he may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So God wants to give you wisdom and revelation from his the knowledge of him. You know, that it's not man-made wisdom. It's not man-made um, revelation. It's God. It's God revelation. It's God kind of wisdom, amen. That's what he wants to give us. That's what he's imparted to us. And we just got to take it and run with it. But you know what? Sometimes when we get that wisdom and revelation, we question it. You know, we've been watching this series, The Chosen. 
when you go through it. And one of the things that Delana keeps telling me, she goes, they always argued with Jesus. You know, in the, I mean, I know it's just a, a TV program, but it's like they always questioned what he said, you know? <laughs> They're like, really? You think that's the way to do it? You know, and, and they just question him on everything. And he just smiles at them. He wants to give us wisdom and revelation in a knowledge of him so that we can walk out who he is in us. Now he gives wisdom and it's up to you whether you receive it or not. He gives you that revelation because he gives you wisdom. The wisdom is what he wants from you and the revelation is how to do it. But if you don't take it, that's not on him, that's on you. He gives you the wisdom and revelation. We have the whole word of God that is full of wisdom and revelation that he's imparted to each one of us that has a Bible. You have the Bible right there in your hands. He's given you the wisdom and the revelation of what his expectation is and all we gotta do is what? Read it and do it. We gotta get it in us, we gotta, we gotta do it. I met a man, in, a Jewish man and he was, he did his doctorate and he wrote his thesis on the book of Genesis. I'm like, oh man, that's so exciting. That's incredible. What, and I'm like, what, what did you get out of that? And he goes, well, I don't believe it. I'm like, what? You're a Jew. You must believe it. No, not every Jew believes. He said, that's just what I did my doctorate on. And I'm like, I said, sit right here. I had w Jewish worship out in my car and I went and got it, the CD. I brought it in. I'm at Delonda's brother's house. And I, I, I'm, I just took over. I'm like, put on Jewish worship. And we sat and just worshiped the Lord. And by, by the end of the, the day, he, he didn't commit to Jesus, but he did ask me, can I have that CD? I'm like, absolutely. You know, it's one thing, you can read it, but if you don't believe it, then you miss out on the next one, the eyes of your understanding being opened. You know, you start, the more I got into, Eric, the more I read the word, the more I got into reading the Bible, I started to understand why he does certain things. I started getting to understand why he tells us not to do this and why he tells us to do this. See, he'll tell us specific things not to do because it's not good for us. You know, in the Old Testament, now listen, I know we're not bound by the law. And I break a lot of these laws. I'm good at that one. When it comes to dietary laws. I love bacon. Bacon makes everything good. But Greg, he says, don't eat the pork. And there's probably, a, there's a reason behind why he says to do that, to not do that. You know, there's a reason why he tells us, don't have sex before marriage. There's a reason why. There's a reason for all this stuff that he tells us because it, is, it affects us. And you know what Jesus knows? He knows how it affects us. He knows what it does. I was going along one day praying, just seeking the Lord. And he said, he said to me, he said, do you know what the seven year itch is? And I'm like, well, that's when a, a man and a woman are married and then one of them around that seven year mark 
decides that they're not in love and they go out and they start playing around. He says, do you know why it happens? I'm like, no. He says, premarital sex. I said, what? He says, when people have sex before they get married, what they've done is they've, they've fallen into sin. Now, see, this is where, this is the revelation I'm giving you, the understanding to be enlightened. You may not like it, but I'm telling you the truth. Because today, it's like, if you haven't had sex before, before you got married with your new mate, then, you know, what are you doing? You know, it's just assumed that you have. And I got to tell you, everybody I do premarital counseling with, I don't even ask anymore. I just tell them, if you're doing that, stop, repent of your sins. Because what the Lord showed me is, here's the revelation, that when two people have sex before they get married, sin, because that's what's called fornication in the Bible, fornicators don't what? Don't go to heaven. Did I say that out loud? They don't go to heaven. So people think, well, we're getting married. It's okay. We're getting married. It'll be all right. You know, we're getting married. It's okay. But the Lord showed me, he said, the only thing that makes sin right is repentance. That you have to repent. If you don't repent, then it's like getting married with the sin in your marriage. That's what the Lord showed me. And so he says at seven to eight years, he says that stinking devil will just take a nap for about six or seven years. He'll just go along in your marriage and, and you'll just be going along. And then one day you'll wake up, he'll wake up and he'll tell you, you're not in love anymore, you should leave your wife. Or you're not in love anymore, you should go out on your husband. You're not in love anymore. I'm giving you revelation right now for you single people. And so in counseling people, everybody that has come to me that's married in that time can they come to me between six and eight years? And they're, we're just not in love anymore, Pastor. We just, I don't know why. We, we probably should have never got married. We're just not in love. We, you know, I said, oh, I said, so you guys had sex before you got married. And they're like, who told you? I said, you did. I said, how long have you been married? Seven years. Oh, that's definitely it. It's never been wrong. It's never been wrong. The only thing that cures sin, Greg, is repentance. Repentance. If you're sinning, don't just stop doing it. Repent for doing it. Be extremely sorrowful that you ever entered into it. Repent, repent, repent. That means turn the other direction and stop doing it. Amen, Ron.
laugh at me. So your eyes, your understanding are being enlightened today. You might not like it, but I'm telling you the truth. So, so that you, you'll know what is the hope of his calling. So that you'll understand the hope of his calling. You'll understand what the hope is that you have in Jesus Christ. That one day you're going to leave this earth and you're going to go and be with him. Amen. That is our eternal hope. My hope, hope, Robert, is not a wish. Oh, I wish I'd get healed. No, my hope is in Jesus, the healer. My hope is in him. He's healed me, amen. My hope is in him so that you may know what the hope is of your calling. You get it. You understand it. You, you start doing it, amen. You're like, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it, amen. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to push through. Next page. I got a lot of them. Ooh, I'm going to have to stop. So that you be made alive. He, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. He made you alive, Dwayne. You are so alive. Amen. I, I know this man. I know him really well. And you know, every day he's more alive. And every day he gets up, he reads his word with his wife. They do uh, declarations together. They pray and they seek their face. And I see this man coming more alive every day in Jesus Christ. He's working it. He's not just staying the same. He doesn't just say, wow, that was neat, Pastor. He's trying to do his best to be made alive in Christ. That it just flows out of him, amen. That the kingdom of God be alive inside of him. You've been made alive. You don't sound like it, but let me tell you. <laughs> you thank you, Elizabeth. You've been made alive. You're alive in Christ Jesus. And then he's made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. With Christ. You've been made alive. There's two lines there. You've been made alive. You were dead. You once were dead and lost. And now you're made alive in Christ. Amen. By his grace, we have been saved. Amen. He raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Stop waiting till you die to sit in heavenly places. You need to start sitting in heavenly places now. You need to start getting with Jesus now. You need to start having supper with him now. You need to start partaking in him now so that you're not just caught by surprise when you go there, but you're ready. You're running when you go there, amen. That you're seated with him now in heavenly places that you hear from heaven. Remember what I said? I'm a friend of God. He tells his friends what's coming. Remember when Abraham, when he was going to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he stopped by Abraham to have lunch. Him and the two angels, they had lunch. And then before they left, they said, hey, should we tell our friend Abraham what's happening? Yeah. So he said, hey, Abraham, we're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah today. And uh, Abraham's like, he's thinking, he said, my nephew lives there. His family's there. He's like, hey, how about for 50 righteous people, you don't do it. He gets it all the way down to 10. There was not 10 righteous people in that city. Job didn't do his job. He didn't do his job. We've been made alive. He raised us up together. Heavenly places. For by grace you've been saved through faith. Through faith. It's faith. It's your faith that gets you there. It's faith. It's believing. I'm saved. I'm saved. And that faith is transformational. That faith changes who we are. That faith just changes us supernaturally. Hit, hit the next slide. 
Oh man, I got a lot of these things. It's 11.40. We still got baptism to do. I'm gonna stop right there. Back up one page. For grace, by grace, you've been saved through faith. We need our faith to go up. I don't know about you, but I, I, I read a lot on the news wires of what's going on in our country and in our world. The things that are coming down the line, if Jesus doesn't come quickly, there's gonna be things that happen. And your faith is going to be challenged. And you and me need to be ready if our faith is challenged. You can't just go, well, this, this is not the way that I thought it was gonna happen. You gotta press in, you gotta lean into Jesus. Jesus, this isn't the way I thought it was gonna go, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm leaning into you. I'm trusting you. My faith is in you, Jesus. And we just lean. Everybody just lean forward in your seat right now. You, you grab that seat in front of you or whatever you gotta do, but just lean forward. Like you're just leaning on Jesus. Just leaning on Jesus. We lean on you, Lord. We lean into you today. Lord, you know all of our hearts today, God, and we see through your word today what you've, all, you've called us all to. And I pray today for each one of us, Lord, that as we lean, we lean into you, Lord. We lean into you, the author, the finisher of our faith. And I pray that today, God, that you would just pour into us by your Holy Spirit the strength to run this race strong. That you keep your hand upon each one of us, Lord. That we not give up, we not falter, we not get weak, God. We not get caught in unbelief because things don't go the way we, we planned. But Lord, as we go forward, I pray that that seed of faith would just grow, supernaturally grow. And Lord, as it grows, you give us divine direction that you speak to each one of us, that you tell us what's going on so that we not get confused or lost in the moment. Put your hand upon each one of us today, Lord as we lean into you. Cover, keep, and protect each one of us, Lord. Let your face shine down upon us. Let us be that light that shines bright, that your love would be poured out through us. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord, for this time to be here together in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Let's give the Lord a big hand today, huh? Now, I'm not done. I'll finish next week, I guess, because I really want us to know who we are in Jesus so that we can walk these things out. And, you know, sometimes you got to work it out in your own life to get there. Where you're at, what you're going through, you got to work it out in your life to get there. Take the time to read it to work it out. Ephesians 1 through 3. Read it and work it out in your life. If you have to cut away things, cut them away. Listen, don't, don't make God do it. Don't make God do it. You know, I, I always pray when God wants me, wants something to change or something, I always pray. And I said, Lord, just do it, do it for me, you know, so I don't have to do it. I don't, you know, and, and he will, he'll intervene. But I let him. Let him come close to you this week, amen? Get into Ephesians and read it, one through three. Allow it to sink into your heart and your mind, amen? So today,